coffee drinkers, bass players of the world. Oh my goodness. What the F? Going to be a bit of a rant today. Endorsements. I, I, yeah, I'm a little bit of a loss for words. I can't believe that 98% of the people I see talking about this are just so upside down on what gear endorsements are. So I'm going to break it down, um, dive a little bit into my experience of that over the past 25 years and several companies that I've spent a considerable considerable amount of time with and uh, dispel any myths and um, sort of talk about the process of how one goes about entering that world, what that world is all about, the do's, the don'ts, the whys, the why nots. Uh, before we do that, let's talk tour dates, August 22nd, London, Pizza Express, August 23rd, Manchester, Stoller Hall, August 24th, Monaco, Le Note Bleu, uh, August 25th, we are in Helsinki, Metropolia, AMK, Kluby, and on the 26th, we play the Rhythm Festival in Viliandi, Estonia, with the trio, the One Way Out World Tour, first week of shows this coming August, we're only about four weeks away, tickets at Yannick Gwizdala. Dot com London selling pretty good. We got to pick up some numbers here in Helsinki for sure. Anyone out there in Finland, be sure to spread the word. If you're a fan of the music, fan of the instrument, have been following what I do at all, spread the word. Um, tickets for that one only available at my website. There will be no on the day tickets, so we've got to spread the word about that. Um, yeah, so let's let's get into it. Endorsements. So right off the bat. I mean, the reason this came up is, is I get asked the same five questions pretty much, whether that's, you know, people smashing my DMs on Instagram, filling my inbox uh, via email, um, via the website or where it might be. Just I get a lot of messages and they tend to be the same five things, something centered around, you know, what pedal is this or how does this pedal work or what pedal would you recommend for this sound? That's a whole lane. Um, how do you string your bass? really not sure after 20 years how that's a mystery i've made so many videos on it it's e through c maybe we'll get into all five questions here the definitive answers of all these five questions um what's another one the basic generic was what strings do you what this that and the other just basic stuff what amp do you use one that comes up so often i'm talking like if not every day it's every other day i'm getting some kind of question or there's some reference to you know what's up with endorsements and how do i get this and you know just question after question after question about gear endorsements and there are also a lot of people talking about that shit online and a lot of people getting it so wrong it's embarrassing to listen to like just conceptually it is it is just it just shows me that people are not clued into what on earth is going on so with I'm going to try and uh, lower the volume on the rant portion of my brain. And I, you know, I want to give you good information. I'm not here to say F you and F that and blah, blah, blah. I'm not trying to be abusive or ranty. I, I do want to give you good information. That's the, the, the bottom line here in the podcast. And try and set the record straight about how it all works because I, I just can't believe so many people are missing the point by, by so far. Um, so let's let's talk about the, the biggest issue with how people define gear endorsements is they are literally they're wrong by 180 degrees. They're literally speaking about it in in the opposite direction from how it actually works. You are never and n- never has anyone been endorsed by a company. Let's say that again. Companies do not endorse musicians that is not how this works companies need a musician's endorsement in order 
to show value and to show, uh, you know, to show that their product is worth using. You know, it, it would be, uh, I was trying to think about how I was going to frame this. And maybe one of the simplest ways to think about it is if, think about if I or if you made a product. Let's say we, I make a Yannick Gwizdala base and I hack away in my workshop and I make this base. And then I say to the world, I really like Marcus Miller. The fuck does that do? It does nothing. It doesn't sell me any instruments. I have this instrument and I can say, I love Marcus Miller. I'm endorsing Marcus Miller. I'm endorsing the fact that I love his music, that he's an incredible musician, that he's a, 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 an innovator in the modern music age, uh, more so than most bass players that will ever live. That's a huge ringing endorsement of positivity and love towards Marcus Miller. It does absolutely nothing for my product. You could do the same. You could build a pedal and say, hey, I love Tim LaFave. Tim LaFave, who is well-known for using a lot of pedals. What the hell is that going to do for your product? Now, if Tim LaFave says, man, I love this pedal, guess what? He's endorsed your product you need that in order to sell units. And that's how it works. It's, it, uh, so uh, what I hear more often than not is like, and what I read more often than not, if somebody sends me a DM and is like asking about endorsements or something, and maybe they have one, they're looking to move. And if I, if I have the eight seconds it takes, which I normally don't, unfortunately, to look at their bio and their bio says endorsed by, and they list a string company and an amp company and a bass company, this is bullshit. None of those companies are endorsing you. So we can get into the, the, what is actually going on, which is really what I want to give you. I want to give you the information. I want to let you know how it works, you know, how the, and the varying degrees as to how it works and how it works for your legends and your superstars, how it look, works for your mid-range people, how it works for the people that are just out of school, how it works for the people that have nothing going on at all. And there's, there's this whole scale of where, you know, we all sit on that scale somewhere and, um, we can go all the way from the Marcus Millers, the Victor Wootens, the Richard Boners, uh, the Adam Claytons, the, the, the superstars of the base world, all the way, all the way on down to somebody who's just graduated Berkeley, perhaps, or just left Berkeley, and or music school in general, that kind of early twenties age. And I got to say, the last time I was at the NAM show, early twenty twenty, and I hope that is the last time <laughs> I'm ever going to be at the NAM show. Um, I, I was standing at the Aguilar booth talking to, to one of the the guys there because we had um we were having a discussion about a pickup that i was uh interested in maybe modifying and putting in a new base that was coming and just having quite a, a a necessary conversation and one of the few things that you you know i, I live in california the nam winter nam is out here it's one of the few things where that situation is of value to me because the company comes out from new york they have all of their products you can hold them touch them like feel things you know make drawings and comparisons and talk to all the people you know goran is there people that that actually develop the products are out all in the same place so it's almost like they come to california and you can kind of get a really nice productive meeting out of it so anyway i was doing that forget who i was talking to at aguilar but somebody there and um behind me was a I mean, I was there for maybe 45 minutes and behind me was a constant stream of early 20s bass players rocking up and saying, hey, I've got 150,000 followers on Instagram. I just left Berkeley. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. You know, can I get some gear? I was like, holy shit. So that was, first of all, a big kind of eye opener for me. Like, wow, is that how it works now? I had no idea. I thought you actually had to be kind of doing some shit to where you were 
visible, you know, I didn't realize there was like the cold, cold open, basically, in-person cold open. That's like super ballsy to me, especially as like most of the people that rocked up and asked for that shit had absolutely no value whatsoever. Maybe 22, what the hell have you done? Uh, you know, I know I was exactly the same at, at 22. It doesn't matter how good a player you are, like what value can you offer in your endorsement of a product to a company in order to help them sell, sell more units? Because that's essentially what that um, what that relationship is all about at the end of the day. That's the bottom line of it. So anyway, that was a big eye opener. I wanted to throw that out there because I've been thinking about that for two and a half years now thinking, holy shit, is that really... Is that really how that goes now? So let's get into the weeds on this. Let's get into the into the into the detail. My, I don't know if you can hear this. My dog is going absolutely nuts upstairs. Maybe there's a coyote in the yard, or a freaking mountain lion, or a bobcat, or a bear. I mean, we got so much shit up here in the hills. It is. Gotta say, it's not the not the most um, anxiety free time leaving the house to take the dog out after dark. <laughs> Uh, yeah anyway let's get into it let's get into the into the details of how that how it all works and you know let's let's really keep that notion of a company doesn't endorse you if you can also think like celebrity endorsements you know like samsung doesn't endorse lebron james for instance lebron james endorses samsung what the hell does lebron james need from samsung He's a bajillionaire. He's one of the most recognizable athletes on earth. And that thing, that being one of the most recognizable athletes on earth, is the reason that Samsung needs him, and he doesn't need Samsung. Um, So if you can think of it in those terms, and obviously on much, much smaller uh, terms, smaller numbers, smaller units, smaller platform, profile, you name it, when it comes to music, especially when it comes to the type of people we're talking about here, or at least I'm talking about in the Marcus Millers and the Richard Boners, like we're talking about people that are not Cindy Crawford's and, you know, Kylie Jenner's and LeBron James and Roger Federer, you know, Rolex doesn't endorse Roger Federer, (laughs) you know, Moe doesn't endorse Roger Federer. Um, He's an ambassador for their brand because he brings awareness to the brand. He's the most marketable. I think he was voted most marketable athlete on earth like many, many years in a row. And that's what those brands need. Just the same as your smallest pedal company on earth needs that just as much as Yamaha or, or Line 6 do or Ibanez or Gibson or Fender. You know, Fender don't endorse Pino Palladino. Pino Palladino endorses Fender. Now, let's talk about where it gets confusing because now – you have these these uh, I've mentioned Pino Palladino, for instance, who has a signature instrument instrument with Fender. You do gain a relationship. You do enter a relationship with that company, and from that relationship, you can receive free gear. You can receive potentially a signature line of instruments or equipment. If we look at Richard Boner right now, I believe he has both amps and basses with Mark Bass currently. Um, with his name on it, uh, plenty of people you know, we all know, with signature uh, instruments and signature products with companies. But even then, even if the company is paying them like a percentage of sales of that product, or if they're paying them to uh, to play their product, which is another thing we can get into paid, um, you know, paid artists to play products. That's totally a thing. The company still isn't endorsing the artist. The artist is endorsing the product the company is paying for the exposure the artist will give said company so 
even in the days when you know that's so that's one thing that's that's you you might be able to get free gear and I, let me tell you the number of people the percentage of of working musicians and artists that you see listed on companies you know artist pages you might go to a pay page and there'll be 300 artists there and maybe five of them are getting free gear maybe and maybe 30 40% are getting a really nice discount and maybe another 30% are getting the the gear at cost and a lot of those people listed on that vanity artist page are paying full price for it like do not get that twisted i know people with huge gigs i mean the biggest of the big that pay for their gear now there's a reason for that i think that if you have a massive gig you should be able to go to a company, endorse their product, and get the free gear. But it depends if the company's large or small. You might be able to do that with Fender or Gibson or you know one of those huge companies. But if it's a little boutique company and you just really like their gear, they might not have the money to just give you a ton of stuff or offer you tour support when you go on the road. So you'd be surprised, like the number of artists that just play some stuff that they like and they are listed on the artist you know a list of artists who are endorsing that product on the company's website but they are actually paying for their gear sometimes full price um, because it is maybe perhaps a small company they don't have the the capital to do that and the artist just likes the gear and will pay for it so yeah there's that you know a lot of people say well all the, all the stuff a, um, a company does for the artist therefore denotes that they are endorsing the artist. Nope, wrong again. Uh, used to be, you know, back in the 70s, 80s, 90s would be, um, early 2000s maybe for a few years would be magazine ads, right? You'd see back cover or full page ads. You'd see Victor Wooten. You'd see uh, Marcus Miller. You'd see, you know, Gary Willis if Ibanez were putting a bass out. You'd see all kinds of people, Doug Wimbish, a lot of bass players. If you if you thumb through Bass Player Magazine, big full page ads. Shit, I've been in a couple you know, like you, you, they, companies would spend money putting artists in an ad in a magazine. Still doesn't mean they were endorsing the artist. All they were doing was advertising their product and using the artist's endorsement of that product to sell more units. So again, the artist endorses the product. The company doesn't endorse the artist. Now, I think the the downside of, of getting it wrong and looking at it sort of from 180 degrees just looking at it completely the wrong way walking the wrong way down a one-way street essentially is that i think what's happened now with younger musicians is um that it's become a status thing they believe that having being able to list you know whoever is let's take some of the companies i'm with being able to list line six or Aguilar or, or or dr strings being able to list those people in their instagram bio is like a real status thing and they put endorsed by, and then they list the companies. I think that's that's bullshit, you know, because it's not the reality. And I'm going to take a, a guess that most of the people under the age of 30 who are listing that shit in their bios on, on things and who are talking about it and posting about it online, I don't know. I don't think I'd lose a lot of money if I bet on that number being 80% of them aren't getting it for free. So they're, they're working for that company and paying for the privilege. And I I can understand that if a company has a massive presence in a in an area that that artist wants to be uh, better known in and they happen to like the gear as well, sure, why not? Pay for the product, 
you know, and in return for that exposure, allowed a company to put your name on their, you know, on their website with a little photo in the bio and be listed as an artist under whichever company it is, you know, Yamaha, Court, whoever it is. But before you do that, take a look at these companies because most of their social media is, and, and just their, their presence in terms of what you're trying to get of exposure and advertising for you as an artist is horrendous. It's terrible. You know, you got companies with 150,000, 200,000 followers on Instagram and they post something and it gets 100 likes. Come on. That just tells me either they have, I mean, I know most of them have no idea what they're doing. Um, so there's either it's that or, or they've got paid followers. I'd be interested to, of course, we're never going to know. But I'd be interested to see how many big companies do that to like bolster their numbers. I guess they don't. I guess a lot of big companies have a lot of followers, but they just do a horrific job of engaging them. And I think also a lot of the larger companies like Gibson, Fender, um, Yamaha, like the, the leg legacy companies, if you like, I think they have an older audience and the bulk of the people that follow them like are not clued in, uh, are just not on Instagram or, or, or TikTok or, or, or any of those things like the younger generation are. So the engagement is it's almost impossible to find. Maybe that maybe those companies like Gibson and Fenner or whatever couldn't even get that fan base, those followers to engage if they were doing everything, quote unquote, the right way, because maybe their audience is just from a different generation. We are still on that. We're right on the it may feel like social media has been around for years, but compared to like the old way, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, we're still in the, the embryonic stages, I think, of the Internet and social media and the way this whole thing works followers likes views subs all that bullshit so yeah i think there's there, there a lot of things that you need to look at very carefully if this is what you're thinking about and and this is kind of a a, a move you're trying to make um it's it's even got to the point now i i think there was some validity back in the day with the way things were um there, there was some value in having a signature product with a company Oh, I think at one point that was probably a good thing for a few people, you know, maybe for a Satriani or a Vi or maybe even like a Billy Sheehan or, or someone like that back in the day. Um, I happen to know that most of those signature instruments, um, not one company, but all companies don't sell. They're not doing, they're not doing thousands and thousands of units, um, every year they're not doing absolutely bonkers numbers i don't know so much about the more like prog guys i'd love to talk to tosin and you know uh petrucci and and those kind of like guitar modern guitar hero guys to see kind of what the numbers are and and how many units are moving but for the older generation the marcus millers the the you know Will Lee, Lee Sklar, uh, Neil Steubenhouse, even Richard Boner is not 25 anymore. Sorry, Rich. You always be young to me, brother, but um, you know what I mean. I mean, I mean that in the nicest way. Um, nobody's shifting thousands of numbers. As, as, as an endorsing artist with a signature product, even if you're making 5% on every sale, you're still not making um, sort of retirement money. Whereas I think 30 years ago, it was perhaps a little bit better and people kind of cared about that. And, but now I think there are just so many signature instruments with companies that the market is kind of oversaturated. 
Um, I think Tosin Abassi did like an, an incredible thing with just busting out on his own and making his own shit, you know, Abassi concepts and this badass looking guitar got to kind of control everything. I know he did a, a collaboration with another company recently. Was that Ernie Ball? I want to say, I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that, but I, I saw something where he was doing a collaboration, but I also think he still has Abassi concepts and that was sort of a one-off, a special project. So massive props to him for sort of creating his own scene and, and taking it where he had control over it. So, um, yeah, just, um, there are so many, so many elements to it. And, and let's, let's, let's go down the list, shall we? Let's go down what as bass players anyway, what we could possibly look into. Of course, there are basses, there are amps, there are strings, there are pedals, uh, that you get into like the road case stuff and the gig bag things. You've got like groove gear and mono, there are, there are a lot of people getting involved with accoutrements surrounding the instrument and, you know, offering, you know, offering products that will hopefully make your life better as a musician. To me, at the end of the day, with w when I consider endorsing a product, in terms of what I'm going to get, I don't think, uh, okay, so I'm not thinking about it monetarily, first of all. I'm thinking about it primarily, like the, the number one most important thing is, does this product make sense for me? Is it something I love? Is it something that is, is integral to my, to my thing, to my happiness, actually? I think that's a good way to look at it. Does it make you happy? That Marie Kondo kind of thing. Um, you know, does this thing bring you joy when you pick it up and hold it? If not, toss it out. So luckily, every time I pick up a, a speaker cabinet, they're actually pretty light, my ones with Aguilar, so I don't curse and swear, swear. Don't curse and swear at it. But every time I pick up a speaker cabinet, carry it into the gig and play, I think, yeah, you know what? This brings me joy. <laughs> so these are sticking around. Um, so that's primarily the thing. The, the biggest thing, aside from, you know, I'm not, I've got more social media followers than a lot of the companies that I endorse. And even the companies I endorse that have more social media followers than me, I have 10x, sometimes 20x the engagement that they do. So it's never been about the exposure. You know, I think that's sort of a pointless um, pursuit these days to go with a gear company to get for exposure. Um, the main, you know, the, the main, main, main number one priority after the music, after the happiness, the joy thing is how much can that company actually support me when I truly need it? And what do I mean by that? I mean, when I'm on the road, when I most need the equipment in a weird place, you know, like I'm playing in this place in Estonia. I've never played before Viljandi. Like I've been to Tallinn, uh, Tallinn before, but I've never been to this tiny place called Viljandi and it's a festival. And, you know, I, I can I can make some phone calls, send some emails and we can hook up and find a distributor and get that, get the amp I need, get my rig, the same one that's sitting right here in my studio. And I can be out there with consistency. I think that's probably the thing I'm looking for the most. And through the relationship um, you, you, you may possibly build with a company. Another thing of value is the input you might get to give on a new product or the input you might be able to give on an update to an existing product. Um, there is that, that situation does come up from time to time and a, and a company that's really turned on, really switched on and wants to succeed, uh, asks for feedback from the, the, the players they, re they respect the most. So if you're one of those players, that can be a really Really useful thing and a super fun thing, by the way. Um, it is fun to be a bit nerdy and to be able to really sit down and think about how you would improve something and to be able to give that feedback and double, triple fun if it gets, you know, 
um, heard and and in, integrated into a product, and you you actually really benefit long term from that. Then, so in in the history of base gear, I know that's happened a ton. You know, um, shit. Brian Baylor might be the best person to talk to about that with all of his time at SWR and going front through like all the different departments and engineering and marketing and all all the things. In fact, that would be an awesome interview to do to talk to Brian Bella about how all that worked with SWR. I guess that was in the 90s, right? Must have been late 90s, early 2000s, maybe. Um, yeah, fascinating. But so, so there are those things. There are those benefits you get when you, when you build that relationship with a company. And I think you also want to go into it like with, a, with an open mind and with, with wanting to give uh, as much, if not more, than you take. You know, I think that benefits everyone when you're in a giving mood and a giving mode. Um, when and not to be the 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 guy that the, the one that guy, you know, that girl who just doesn't shut up and has always got an opinion about everything. But you know, in the right time, in the right tempo, with the right phrasing to 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 add your 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 ideas and your you know philosophies to the to the situation can be a great way to go into it and to be open-minded and, and to want to help, you know? Um, I'll tell you that it, I've been with, now let me see, three amp companies in my life. I was with Fender a long time ago, early doors, first time, um, you know, I really sat down and talked to a company and was like, okay, I think we can do something here. I think we can have a relationship and, and work some stuff out. And I'll, t- I'll tell you that most of the time, the reason I'm not with Fender anymore and the next company I was with was TC Electronic, the reason I'm not with those companies anymore wasn't – it wasn't because they suddenly got shit. You know what I mean? They're, they're still Fender and TC Electronic. They're still great companies. It was really about the relationship thing and, and key people um, in the companies leaving or moving departments and going away from working in my immediate circle when it came to the gear relationship. Um, so it – Although I've been with three amp companies in my life, it wasn't um, because I was like, "Oh, the, grease, the grass is always greener on the other side." It wasn't it? Wasn't because I was just like trying to be a gear whore and, and move to the next best thing. It's always been music first because that's the, the first thing I, I, I experience with the gear. I don't experience a relationship with the people working there. I just hear the gear first. Relationship comes second. Hopefully, it's a good one and lasts a while. And the, the Fender one did for four or five years. Um, and then I heard the TC stuff and it, like super under the radar when it was just a single prototype amp being, you know, being carried around the world by one guy, taking it to sound checks, taking it to studios and letting musicians like us you know, sign NDAs and letting us um, play with it and asking us for our feedback on it. And, hey, what would you change? What do you like about it? What don't you like about it? Um, that was a unique one, like getting that experience before the product was even out, being asked to be kind of a beta tester for it and be part of a small group of people to really play that first, um, that first TC bass head. So that was an interesting experience. And then I had a great time with that company actually. And, um, you know, I had great people and I, the, the, the relationship was great and it was the, the one f- company I think I've been with that I did the most for in terms of they were quite proactive with making clinics happen. They were proactive with, you know, coming out on the road and 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 seeing me play. And it was it was a very cool situation. But the personnel changed drastically. Main cat left. Um and then it all kind of 
all kind of crumbled from there slowly. I mean, there were still great people working there, but when the main guy left, I was like, oh man, that was really, that had really become my main reason for being there um, because the relationship was so great. And once that kind of crumbled a little bit and then TC got bought by Behringer long after I left actually, but they got bought, it just kind of went downhill from there, which was sad to see because they were such an amazing company. And then I've been with Aguilar for a decade. It's the longest I've been with a company. Um, It's always been great. I haven't, they're a small company, even though they're quite visible globally and they just got bought by Korg. So they're a much bigger company now with distribution and stuff. They're still uh, a small uh, – the intent is still quite um, quite limited with what they can do. They're not about to send a bass player on a 70-date world clinic tour to launch a new amp or something. That's just not how they operate. And that's not how the world operates now anyway. That, that hasn't been a thing for 10 or 15 years uh, for almost anyone. In, in, on any instrument for any company. So with Aguilar, I've done very, very little in terms of clinics and appearances and all that kind of stuff. It's been very, very limited over the 10 years, but the gear is incredible. Um, they're very nice people. Um, and, you know, you, you, you've you heard me for 10 years play that stuff. It's like become such an integral part of my sound. Um, it's an important relationship. So that's them. I've been with, let me see, uh, three string companies. Um, and uh, I think with the Adario was first, and then I was with Jim Dunlop, and now I'm with DR. And um, again, it was about relationships and you know the behind the scenes. I, I don't want to say business in a monetary sense at all. It was business in taking care of business in terms of just the day to day kind of stuff, um, not financially speaking at all. Just the communication stuff that ended a couple of relationships, and and I am where I am now. And then in terms of endorsing other things, things I don't use all the time, you know, that's the, that's the, <laughs> shit, that's the other thing. There are so many levels of endorsing a product. There are things that, you know, like the Aguilar stuff that is every day. That's it. Every single day of my life, I use the product. It's on every gig. It's in every video. It's just everything, everything, everything. It's, it's what I use. Um, the bases, while I've been with, you know, with, uh, when I was with Federa for so long, it was every single day. I only had I was only with one bass company really. Although I did get a couple of basses from Fender when I was playing their amps, that was cool. But I was never really a Fender bass uh, endorser. Um, so yeah, there was with Federa for seventeen years, and then Matteson, which has now come to an end. And it's an interesting one, maybe to end this episode on because I think there's also a lot of value depending on where you're at in your career, of course, and depending on your means and just what you want. So this is not like, hey, you should go do this. This is just an option. So take it or leave it. Um, have a think about it. But there is the idea that when you get so much gear in your house after 25 years or more of playing bass or whatever your instrument is, like I look around my studio right now, there are basses lining the walls. There are amps all over the place the pedals more pe- you guys know you've seen all of this stuff there are more pedals than i know what to do with there's just more gear here than i will ever need I-, I could have five more kids and they'd all be fine like they'd have gear for life basically um so there's the idea of not endorsing anyone and being sort of free to do what you want um the only downside of that i guess is that you will have to pay uh for the most part full price <laughs> when it comes to that you'll be buying it from the store you won't be making a call and saying hey i love your stuff do you want to work together um i'd love to endorse your gear what kind of deal can we work out you know there's going to be none of those kind of conversations and 
there are going to be no emails. Well, there might be emails, but you won't be able to say yes to them. No emails set from companies saying, hey, we love what you do. Would you consider endorsing our gear? So, yeah, being completely independent um, is definitely something that uh, one day that, that might be, I might be 60 by the time that happens. Who knows? Um, let's see what those relationships look like then. Let's see what the landscape looks like then. Let's see if the, if it's beneficial for either me or the company to have that kind of relationship. You know, for the most part, it's always going to be beneficial to the company unless you're an idiot and you're offensive and you're a bad look for them. You know, as long as you're cool and you play great and you're visible, it's always going to be a good thing for every company to have you on board. Um, I'm guessing that's going to be consistent. Um, it just depends on how all the platforms continue to work and what benefits there are for you or for me as, a, as an artist on the back end. And how can we leverage that to to do more of what we love to do? I think those are the important things to be thinking about if you think about endorsing equipment or endorsing a company. So, yeah, that's it. Hopefully, we put the world to rights on what endorsing gear means. A company doesn't endorse an artist. Ibanez doesn't say Gary Willis is great. Gary Willis says, I love this bass that Ibanez makes you should go buy it. And that's what sells units. So, yeah, doesn't matter how many full-page ads or how many Instagram stories get posted from a company of an artist. It's still the artist's face. Again, just look at like a Revlon ad or something with a famous person in it. I don't know if like Cindy Crawford was ever a Revlon celebrity in, in, endorser, but, you know... Revlon saying we love Cindy Crawford is like saying I love Cindy Crawford. It doesn't matter. But Cindy Crawford saying I love Revlon is like, oh, that'll sell some shit. And it, easy to remember in this way as well. Do you know how much, you know, um, what's her face? Card- Kim Kardashian charges for an Instagram post. If you have a product, you can, I think you can still, I think they all sell Instagram posts. But it's like a quarter of a million, half a million, a million dollars, some of these people, because they have a quarter of a billion followers on Instagram, they'll sell you for a million dollars. It's basically the modern day magazine ad. It's basically the modern day equivalent of a Super Bowl ad or a a full page ad in Vogue for your new swimsuit or whatever it is. Kim Kardashian will put an Instagram post up for a million dollars and she will endorse your product so to speak. That's more of an ad sale than an endorsement. I don't think she's going to enter into a deal with you, but you know what I mean? It's not the product endorsing the person. It's the person endorsing the product. Um, If you totally disagree with me, let's see. Let's leave this open. Um, Be nice to have a central location to communicate with that isn't my fucking email or my inbox because that just drives me nuts. Um, By the way, if you can Google it, please Google it. Like, there are probably a hundred emails a week that don't need to end up in my inbox because people could really just Google it, you know. Let's just throw that out there as well. Um, I'm not trying to be mean, but I am trying to not see a few thousand emails every year that I don't need to see because someone's like, they said, what was the name of that album you made? Like, just Google it. Just Google it. Um, Yeah, but it would be nice. Maybe I'll start the blog again. Because the podcast, I love the format, but there's no way to communicate after the fact, comments and all that. There's no really kind of central location because everyone listens, Spotify, Apple Music, all over the place. 
So um, we'll find a way. If you really, if you disagree with me on that, or you have a different take, you think I'm talking completely out of my ass. Even though I've been doing it for 25 years, and that is actually the reality. I'd love to hear it. If you think you can uh, argue a better case, I would actually like to hear your take on it. If it's if it differs from that drastically, um, maybe that's a uh, something for I don't know. All right, here you go. If you really have a different take, you have my full permission to email me. But if it's not, and if it's wrong, like be really, 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 like reread your email before you write it. But if it's wrong and if it's bullshit, and if in three seconds I can like destroy your your argument, man, don't ever email me again. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm joking, but... Yeah, think about it. Think about it hard um, before you uh, before you email. And you know, I think there are plenty of platforms out there, the online magazines, the base magazine, No Travel, like all of these kind of places that this kind of information shows up on kind of often and gets it, it and gets kind of like misleads people uh, more often than not. Podcasts and stuff like that, and and uh, interviews and all that kind of stuff. So. By all means, feel free to share this with uh, anyone and any platform you think might have the reach to kind of spread the word and uh, and help people out. It's, at the end of the day, it's about giving you the right information. If you have that bullshit information, it is not going to help you. Just because a ton of people say it and a ton of people with perceived authority say that shit, it's not going to help you if it's wrong. So the only reason I'm it doesn't. It doesn't bother me. I endorse plenty of companies. I have tons of free gear, and I, you, you know, I. You may confuse me with someone who gives a fuck. I just don't give a fuck. So it, it's not. This is not to help me or to stroke my ego in any way whatsoever. I don't give any fucks. Zero fucks given. So it's really about you and anyone listening who's curious or anyone who's listening who perhaps didn't know uh, what the reality was before, or was misled that you can have the right information and, and hopefully have some tools to act upon that. And when it, the time is right for you, you know how to go about it and you can be cool and don't just run up on a company and say, hey man, I've got 50,000 followers on Instagram. What can you do for me? How about saying like, I've got 50,000 followers on Instagram. I love your product. You know, what can I do for you? Is there a way for us to have a relationship if I will endorse your product that I love so much? You know, maybe the first time around you even say, hey, I'm not expecting to get it for free. You know, is there something that we can, you know, help each other with? Is there some kind of mutual arrangement we can come to where you get the product in your hand and they get something in return to promote said product? Just don't get it twisted. You are endorsing them. They are not endorsing you. Um, London, August 22nd. Manchester, August 23rd. Monaco, August 24th. Helsinki, August 25th. And Viliandi, August 26th. First part of the One Way Out World Tour. It's coming up in four weeks. Tickets at the website. Love you guys. Thanks for hanging for the rant. A little bit of a longer one today. Glad I got that off my chest. Hope there's some useful information there that you can go away, run with, and really make some shit happen for yourself and and work the system. You know? Don't get it. Don't get me wrong. Go out there and fucking work the system. Make it work to your advantage. Just don't be looking at, at, you know, just don't be looking at it from the wrong direction. Go armed with the correct information and come out way better off for it. All right, I'll speak to you guys. Could I sign off the podcast without my tongue up my nose? I will speak 
to you coffee drinkers, bass players, guys and girls around the world very soon.